What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Table Talk here at the Philadelphia Sports Table Podcast Show, the longest-running weekly Philly sports podcast show in the world. What a great Table Talk show and interview we have for you this week, focusing on the Philadelphia Phillies, but really talking about their foundation for the future. What does that look like? What does it entail? How do they need to go about doing it? There's some obvious answers, obviously, to these questions. However, we've got a great guest to really dive into this a lot more going to get into a lot more details, so let's get to it. It's great to have back on the podcast. He did a lot of our Eagles post-game podcast shows with us last year, but you've got to listen to him over at the Bullpen Blues podcast. The Bullpen Blues podcast, a great, great Phillies podcast that uh, you know we listen to here at the PSD Podcast Show. I listen on Apple Podcasts. You should as well. And he's also over at sportsbettingdime.com, sportsbettingdime.com. We've got our good friend David Esser. How you doing, Dave? Jeff, thrilled to be back on the show. Um, Great to hear your you voice, know, bringing man. Bringing back some good and sometimes, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, bringing back some good and sometimes bad memories with all those Eagles post game pods. But um, some of those were brutal. Know, some of them were brutal, but I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm a baseball guy first, so absolutely yeah. stoked to be on here talking some Bills tonight. Well, I- I'm really glad you decided and uh, you know to to join us this week uh, and take the time, Dave, because you know more and more we look at this Phillies team we look at the organization as a whole and I'm not gonna be getting necessarily into you know Bryce Harper and his injury and what that means for this season I'm not gonna really want to dive into what's really gonna be happening this particular season with certain Phillies players or even where the organization is going to have to you know make up for the loss of Bryce Harper but more along the lines of what is the foundation of the future where does that foundation lie how do they get that foundation for the future. And again, that's the theme of what we really want to talk about. And I think most of us realize that they need to replenish their farm system by drafting well over the course of these next couple of years. I mean, that seems pretty obvious. But for me, the more I think about it, Dave, there's more to it than just drafting well. There's player development, smart free agent signings, and really looking at the future of certain positions on the team and then having a plan of action laid out by this organization, which we of course don't know as fans. But when we talk about the Phillies generating a solid foundation for the future, how do you personally envision this, Dave? Yeah, Jeff, it's a it's an excellent question. Um, and I kind of liked how you, you 
brushed over drafting a little bit because we know they have to draft better. Exactly. Every, every team in baseball could draft yeah. a little bit better outside <laughs> of maybe Tampa Bay. Right. Um, and I, I think it's also important to note that they have been drafting better recently. Uh, you know, some of their, their last two first round picks are two top 100 prospects, um, both pumping triple digits at like 18, 19 years old. So yeah. they have been improving the drafting. Uh, you know, Dombrowski's hired some of his guys to oversee player development down in the farm system. That's all great. I think where it gets interesting is you look at the players they have on the roster and their window. Your Bryce Harper, your Zach Wheeler, your Kyle Schwarber, your Nick Castellanos, your JT Romito. You're talking next three, four years. And in terms of, fixing the lack of organizational depth it's gonna have to be through these fringe trades right scooping up 40 man you know rejects from other clubs your your garrett Stubbs of the world yeah. your andrew bilotti's of the world like that's where your, your johan camargo's of the world um you're not gonna be able to draft guys and immediately have them help bryce harper win a championship that's not how it's gonna work so i think in terms of fixing this foundation it's going to need to be expedited just because of where you are as a club, who you have on the team. You're over the luxury tax. Like you're trying, you're trying to win. You're trying to win baseball games right trying now. Trying to win now. Yep. Yep. This year, next year, yep. the year after that. Um, so I think it really comes down to being one of those savvy front offices that we hear so much about. Um, you know, your Theo Epstein's of the world, your Tampa Bay's of the world, your Boston's of the world, these teams that always seem to be pulling the right strings with the fringe trades with the rule five draft picks, you know, those, those marginal free agency signings that you yeah. never hear about it. And then before you know it, you've added a, a nice bullpen arm or a really good bench player. Um, I think that's, that's the most important aspect of, of building up the foundation right now. It's, yeah. it's the fringe moves. It's the little moves that nobody cares about, but they're extremely important. Very much so. I mean, you, you look at Garrett Stubbs, you, you mentioned him how much of a contributor he has been to this Phillies team this year in certain key moments. I think signings like his really kind of just fly under the radar. And I think Phillies Nation, at least those who aren't necessarily casual fans, those like you and myself that really want to get into the, you know, into the dirt here with this team, need to realize that those type of players mean a lot for the foundation of this team. They really mean a lot for the foundation, Dave. Yeah, and then the Stubbs example is so good because of how they got there. They yeah. spent years telling themselves, ah, Andrew Knapp, he's good enough. Like, <laughs> he calls a good game. He's a switch right. hitter. Like, it's, it's BS, Jeff. Like, you don't need the Andrew Knapps of the world. You don't need the Freddie Galveses of the world. Like, you don't need these guys on the roster. There's so much talent out there that are going to get cut from, like, like, a team like Houston. Houston's got a million good players. They yeah. didn't need a Garrett Stubbs. A team like the Phillies, where backup catcher's been a – a glaring hole the last couple of years. Yeah, go get a Garrett Stubbs. I don't even remember who they traded for. It might have just been cash. Like it was nothing of note. Garrett Stubbs has won them ball games this year. Yes. I mean, he, he hit a walk-off home run. Yes. Um, so I think examples like that where you're not content with having a weak triple A team. You're not content with having a weak bench or a weak bullpen. Like go go after some guys. Go go get those fringe players. Go get those rule five draft picks. And start stocking it up so that if somebody goes down, if the bullpen arm gets hurt, you have guys ready to step in. They might not mimic the production, but they can get you close. I think that's a very good point, too. And, and it kind of moves us into the next part of the conversation, Dave, where I wanted to get into certain positions on this team that are going to inevitably and potentially help lay the foundation. So I want to start with first base with you. Reese Hoskins, I mean... 
he just isn't necessarily the type of hitter we initially thought he was going to be when he first came up. This season, he's got a 246 batting average as we're recording this on uh, Monday, June 27th, 13 home runs, 37 RBIs. Dave, where do you see Reese Hoskins in the first base position heading in the future? Because it's, an, again, a foundational type of piece for the future we want to look at. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's tough because I think we, we all know Reese is more a designated hitter than a first baseman. Yeah. And yeah. one of the biggest problems with his Philadelphia baseball team is they have about five designated hitters on the <laughs> on the starting That's lineup. That's such a great point you make, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Reese is interesting because we know how he operates. He's not a good defender. He's not a good base runner. He's not terribly consistent, but his hot streaks are something special. Um, and you, you look at his numbers right now, like, yeah, he's only hitting 245, but OPS around 800. Um, it's, it's north of the league average and you're going to finish the year. He's probably going to be around 825, 30 homers. Like you're, you're good with that. And they have him under control next year, one more year of arbitration. Um, and so I, I doubt he'll get moved anytime soon. You know, if things really go off the rails, maybe you move him in the off season and move a Schwarber to first base or a Cassianos to first base or an Alec Bohm, who I know we're going to talk, talk about here in a little bit. Um, it's just so tough because he's going to finish that year with that 800 OPS, and you're going to be like, well, why, why would we dump him? That's that's pretty good. Right, right. right. My only rationale for doing I'm not saying we should be getting rid of Reese Hoskins anytime soon, but conventional wisdom may say, potentially in terms of the farm system, seeing what developmental pieces are out within the minor league world, the prospect world, and what type of prospects we could get to help possibly lay that foundation for the future by trading a Reese Hoskins. It's, it's just a thought. Um, no, I mean, the, the Reese Hoskins point is a very good one. You could certainly shop him a little bit. I think kind of the, the secondary point is how many teams are lining up to give away valuable prospects for yeah. someone like Reese who doesn't necessarily have a, a foundational spot on a team like the Phillies where they desperately need impactful players around Bryce Harper. Yep. yep. Um, it's tough. Like I said, I, I, if they want to trade Reese Hoskins tomorrow, I wouldn't sit here and cry about it. If that's the vision Dombrowski has, knowing that he has a, a looming contract extension with Scott Boris as his agent, who's going to milk every penny right. out of whoever signs Hoskins. <laughs> um, I certainly would have no issues for me. It's just, it, it, it's a coin flip. Look, if he's here, I'll take the 800 OPS. I'll take the hot streaks. That's all great. If they want to trade him for some pitching depth, that's also fine too. All right. Well, you mentioned Alec Bohm and the fact that we were going to get into him. So let's let's do that right now. And I, I do think that Alec Bohm has been a very interesting piece of this Phillies puzzle this season. And, and to an extent, a welcomed surprise and piece to the puzzle too. You know, he had a real hot start to the season as we know, but he's like cooled down a bit. He's batting 260, I think, right now, which which I'm okay with. I'm okay with at this point for for the type of player Alec Bohm is. And I'm wondering, do you see him as a third baseman who's going to be around for a while, again, to help maybe in terms of the foundation of the future? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's another interesting player. You know, you mentioned he's batting 260. I think the big issue there is his OPS is below 700. Yeah. Um, you're not getting a lot of power that you really would hope you get from a 6'5", 220-pound uh, third baseman, and you're certainly not getting the defense. His defense has improved. It definitely has. It definitely has, yeah. He's never going to be a Nolan Arenado or a Matt Chapman over there. Um, I think Bohm is another one of those players where, in a similar boat to Reese Hoskins, where if, if they miss the playoffs again this year, I don't think Dombrowski 
would have any issues with moving an Alec Bow. You know, same with a Reese Hoskins, where it's like, you know, this is a nice player in a vacuum. It's not fitting exactly where the Phillies need to be, especially with their lack of defense in the outfield. Um, you would prefer to have better defense on the corners in the infield. So, again, look, if he skyrockets the rest of the season, he starts cranking doubles, he starts cranking home runs, I don't see them touching him at all. But, you know, if he finishes the year with, still with his lack of power, still with his lack of defense, still with his lack of on-base percentage, again, as we kicked off the show, Phillies are trying to win right now. Yeah. And if Bohm can't help them win right now, I don't see any reason to to make him untouchable or anything like that. I think that's a very good point, too, because, I mean, maybe he's not as streaky as Reese Hoskins, but really coming out of the gate as strong as he did this season allowed, I think, us fans and even myself as somebody who follows this team closely, who follows baseball closely, to think to themselves, we do have something here, but what actually is that something? And are the coaches able to get that something out of him on a consistent basis? And if he's able able to get that out of himself on a consistent basis, I think that's still yet to be seen. And I think that he may have the rest of the season to be able to convince this organization that he could potentially be the third base you know, at least over the course of the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a reason he was a first round pick, you know, drafted third overall. Yeah. Everyone in the organization has been high on up to this point. We know he has a bat that can play in the major leagues. We've seen it for stretches at the start of this year when yep. he first debuted in 2020. Um, it's there. It's just a matter of, you know, how long is that leash? Uh, you would hate to give up on a prospect like Bowman for him to go hit 290 with a, with, with a, a different club in the future. But, you know, in the same breath, you look at the Spencer Howard trade from last year. The Phillies certainly aren't regretting that. Right. So it's a coin flip. I think Dombrowski, knowing his aggressiveness, um, it's certainly something he would consider. Don't know if he'd do it as soon as this deadline. Um, but again, if, if they miss the playoffs again, some serious shakeups have to happen. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Well, Dave, let's move over to some pitching here. Uh, but folks, real quick, before we do, make sure you're following Dave on Twitter at David Esser underscore. He's great, great follow. In, in terms of the pitching, Dave, want to get into Mark Appel. Man, what a damn good pitcher he's been in AAA Lehigh Valley this year with a 1.61 ERA. Now he's up with the big league. I had the pleasure of seeing him on a couple of occasions. I mean, Coca-Cola Park, AAA uh, affiliate of the Phillies. The Iron Pigs are right down the street from where I live. So I've actually seen him, and it's been really nice to actually watch a prospect come through on what we are hoping for that particular prospect. So where do you see Mark Appel's trajectory and could he be a long-term foundational piece for the bullpen in your opinion? You know, it's tough because we haven't seen him pitch in the big leagues yet, right? You know, uh, him, yeah. him lighting up AAA is a very promising, um, you know, first step. And I think it's great that he was called up and I hope he sticks around long enough to see what he has. Um, you know, the, the, the Phillies bullpen has been better as of late, but they can always use an extra arm. Yep. I think in regards to Appel, you know, is he going to translate into some crazy high leverage arm? Probably not. Right, right. But if, if he can be a better Nick Nelson, a guy that two, three, four innings, because, you know, he debuted as a starting pitcher. He's got the ability to give you a couple innings. Um, or he was drafted as a starting pitcher. That That's huge. That'd be great because Nick Nelson's been decent. Um, it's been nothing special. And I think if Appel can give you a little bit more there, you know, you start looking at piggybacking him alongside a Ranger Suarez or Zach Eflin when his knee's acting up, that would be a really, really nice outcome. You know, that's kind of how Ranger Suarez, speaking of him, that's kind of how he, how he started his uh, MLB career. Yeah, yeah. He was a guy you look to give you three innings out of the bullpen and 
before you know it, he's giving you nine outs every single time he pitches. You're like, well, like, you know, maybe this guy can be in the rotation. Um, he is 30. So it's not like he's got years and years to develop and get better. It is kind of right here, right now. Can you, can you, you know, make a name for yourself in the big leagues and stick around? But again, Phillies always need pitching. They always need bullpen help. His story is incredible. I'm thrilled he's up in the big leagues. Same um, here. I'm, yep. looking, I'm looking forward to <laughs> seeing how his stuff translates. Absolutely. Nine years waiting to get up to the big leagues. You know, had some trials and tribulations of his own. And I can't wait to see if he is going to be at least some sort of bullpen piece moving uh, along in the future here. But sticking with pitching, Dave, you know, this past week on the podcast, Eric and I, we were talking about Zach Eflin, talking about Ranger Suarez, and how these guys haven't necessarily given us fans real, really strong feelings about their future in Philadelphia. I mean, Zach Eflin consistently hurt year after year. Seems like seems like he's got some wafer knees going on. Suarez doesn't seem like he's, quote, the guy that we all hoped that he would be. The middle and back end of the rotation, I, I just it just needs some foundational help for the future. So what are your thoughts on what we should see down the road pertaining to this starting pitching lineup? I'm thinking some changes are probably going to be coming over the course of the next couple of years. What, what are you thinking? Jeff, I think we might see changes as soon as this year. Um, there you go. Okay. That's kind of Dave Dombrowski's name, right? He loves him a deep starting rotation. And I do think the Phillies are going to have to go six deep in the sense of just having someone you can rely on. Who's not Bailey Falter. You know, yeah. you know Bailey Falter, Bailey Falter does some nice things, but he's not someone you really want pitching against good opponents down in September, you know, potentially in the postseason. Um, you know, cause you can kind of even lump a Kyle Gibson into that category. Uh, right. Good. Right. Not great. I think Eflin is the best by a, a considerable margin. His stuff plays. It's just his health, his knees. Um, he can't, we can't be doing this thing where he's giving you a two inning start once a month. We just right. can't. Um, that's that's just going to crush the bullpen. It's an automatic loss. You can't do it. Ranger hasn't fared much better in the sense that a lot of his outings this year have been four or five innings. It gives you the occasional one into the seventh and the sixth. That's great, but it's been far more inconsistent than where it was last year. I mean, his whip has jumped up from 1.0 last year, which was never sustainable, but it jumped all the way up to 1.479. That's not good. No. Because FIP is a 4-3-1. So the argument that like, oh, the defense isn't good enough for a pitcher like him, that's not really true. He's given up a lot of contact, doesn't strike out a lot of batters, a lot of walks this year, a lot of balls in play. Um, So yeah, between Eflin, Ranger, Gibson, it's too many question marks for me. I'd love to see them pick up another starter, maybe bump a, a a Ranger type guy back into the bullpen. Um, there's certainly talent in the back of the bullpen. It's just the, the lack of consistency, which is what you need, especially when you have a bullpen that's, a uh, you know, hot one night, cold the other. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you mentioned Kyle Gibson and even with, with regard to Zach Eflin and Ranger Suarez, Dave, I, I worry not just about what, you know, what their ceiling is going to be for this Phillies team, but I worry about their confidence too. And I look at what the Phillies middle and back into the rotation has been over these past few years. And I think there's a lot of guys, whether it's just based on their talent, they just kind of lose that confidence after a while. And I'd really like to see some pitchers on the mound starting for this team that really have that confidence boost. And, and I know it may sound extremely elementary and simplistic to say that, but there are other people, Baseball teams out there who have players that from a mental standpoint are really able to get just locked in in terms of that confidence, you know, middle of middle of the uh, rotation guys. And I, I just wish we could see that for the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, they need they need players to know how to win. 
Um, yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the big reasons I love the Kyle Schwarber signing is that dude is, has won some uh, some won some big games in his life. Right. You know, he's a, he's a World Series champion, and Gibson's never pitched in the playoffs. Suarez has never pitched in the playoffs. Nola's never pitched in the playoffs. Eflin's never pitched in the playoffs. Like, there's a lot of question marks back there. And again, like, I really love the talent a guy like Eflin has. But if he gives you one of those two two inning outings in the postseason, like we're screwed. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I agree. I think it's a confidence thing. I think it's a it's a been there, done there, uh, been there, done that mentality of needing a, a couple guys who know how to win big games, especially with Bryce Harper now out. Like, yeah. the pressure on the rotation is, is that much greater. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, folks, talking to Dave Esser from the Bullpen Blues podcast. I listen on Apple Podcasts. You should as well. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, I'm sure the uh, Bullpen Blues pod is uh, is on that podcast platform. And also, take a, uh, take a, take a look at sportsbettingdime.com. Check out everything they're doing over there as well. And follow Dave again on Twitter at David Esser underscore. And final question for you, Dave, final topic to get into. When we talk about the foundation for the future of this Phillies team and the organization, obviously, Dave Dombrowski, John Middleton, you know, even Sam Fold to an extent, you know, are at the center of just about everything. Are these guys what we really should be counting on? Are these guys who we should really be counting on to take this organization to the level that we all hope for? What do you think? Jeff, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> because the elephant in the room is Dave Dombrowski. There you go. Yep. His contract only runs one more year. And this was a job that John Middleton had to kind of beg Dombrowski to take. Yes. Um, you know, if the Nashville thing, and if, if you're not sure what I'm referencing, you know, Nashville, they wanted to do an expansion team and yep. put it in Nashville, and Dombrowski was spearheading uh, that endeavor. He took a break from it. Well, it, it got pushed back. MLB yeah. said this isn't happening for a couple of years, and Dombrowski was like, all right, screw it. I'll go cash some checks from the Phillies, try to win a World Series with Bryce Harper, go down as the greatest executive in baseball history. Yeah. So if, if they go through next year and like things aren't looking great, I have no idea why Dombrowski would stay. Right. I don't think he's committed enough. You know, he's accomplished. He's already a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And if he leaves and you're left with Sam Fold and whatever manager they hire next year and a bunch of big contracts and, you know, a, a bottom 20 farm system, like, yikes. Like, that's not a great spot to be in. Maybe Sam Fold is something special. It's hard to tell just because you know Dombrowski's the one really doing all the moves in the yeah. background. Yeah. Um, you know, you hope he's kind of mentoring Sam Fold and getting him ready to take the reins. But I think that's my biggest concern in terms of, you know, long term sustained success. I don't think Dombrowski's gonna be around in twenty twenty four, um, which can certainly be a little scary when you consider we're about halfway through the Dombrowski tenure. Right. And we're still no closer to winning a World Series than we were two years ago. Right. Good answer, Dave. And, buddy, it was great talking to you about this Phillies team, this organization, what the foundation of the future is going to be. Man, I hope you will join me at some other point down the road, whether we're talking Eagles, whether we're talking Phillies. It's always great having you on, my man. Jeff, likewise, I appreciate you uh, hitting me up and letting me uh, jump on tonight. 
Dave always has great insight, and really, it's just, it seems like a crapshoot as to what is going to happen with this Philadelphia Phillies organization with this team down the road. Like, what does that future look like? Again, at the top of our discussion, we specifically talked about the draft. And yes, folks, we know the draft is important, but there are other components to putting together a baseball team that really need to come into play for this Philadelphia Phillies organization down the road, whether it is free agency, whether it is the development of players in the farm system, whether Dave Dombrowski's specific development guys are really going to be able to get the talent out of these prospects. It's going to be interesting to see for sure. So that is going to do it for us this week here on Tabletop. Make sure that you are uh, following us on Twitter at Philadelphia PST. You can follow me at Jeffrey underscore Warren. If anything happens to your podcast feed, just head on over to PhiladelphiaSportsTable.com and you can check out all of our podcast shows over there. And also, if you're following us on uh, Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave a review. Let us know if you like the show. Let us know if you think it stinks. Whatever the case is, we would love to hear from you. And we are always willing to get your feedback here, to read your emails on the show and respond to it. Philadelphia Sports Table at gmail.com. Shoot us off an email about anything in the world of Philly sports, and we'll be reading it here on the show for sure. Take care, folks, and we will catch you next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.